Today, there we go, is Senior Sunday, so I'm really excited. If you don't know me, my name is Joey Walker. I am our new student pastor. I've been here about three months, and I've had a chance to get to meet both of these just amazing young ladies, so I'm, I'm really excited to get this chance and opportunity uh, to kind of introduce you guys to them, and y'all will hear from them, and we're just going to celebrate uh, the accomplishment that they have, have graduated high school and um, just the, the people that they are. So let me, uh, let me introduce you guys to both of them. This is Emma Watts right here. Emma is, has just graduated from White House High School, correct? And she is going to cosmetology school after, after college. Um, a few things about Emma. She is extremely talented. Um, if you want to know some of her accomplishments, go look at her, the table out there. She has about 10 awards that, that she has won. But she, she's an artist. She's a musician. Um, she has her own bakery called Sweet M's Bakery. And y'all, I'm telling you, I got, I got some of these cookies after the women's event a, a month ago. Life-changing. Um, so she just does a lot of different things. Um, and you actually received an aesthetics award. Can you, can you just kind of explain what, what that is? And okay. Um, so aesthetics is basically like, like an esthetician is like makeup and like uh, facial massages and stuff. So through my cosmetology program at my high school, um, I competed in the SkillsUSA aesthetics competition. And so basically um, you do like facials and fantasy makeup and just all that kind of girly stuff, and you compete with other people from your state. And I was the state winner, so in June, I'm gonna compete in nationals and represent the whole state of Tennessee. Yeah, so that, that's a big deal, and that, that is awesome, and, and we're cheering for you in June. Um, the other thing I want you guys to know about Emma is that she, she's a servant. She has um, served on our setup team here at Wellhouse and in our Wellhouse Kids Ministries from the, from the beginning, right? So that means, you know, some mornings before any of you guys have woken up, she's been here uh, rolling out cases, setting up, and then she spends time in the, in the kids' ministry, a job that a lot of time no one, you know, no one really sees, but... But how cool is it for, for high schoolers to be able to impact the next generation and, and pour into kids' lives? Um, so, yeah, that's, that's Emma Watts. And then we got... <laughs> there you go. We have Mackenzie Blair over here. Yes, I'm sure some of you know her. She is, she's been homeschooled, and she's graduating from Erin Academy. Or you graduated from Erin Academy. Um, Mackenzie as well is, is just very talented. She is a musician. Um, she's been in plays and, and musicals. She's an artist. I just found that out today that she, the, you paint, is that what? Paint yeah. and draw? Yeah. So, that, yeah, found that out today. Um, but the cool thing about Mackenzie is she's talented, but, but more than just being up here, you, brought, you guys have probably seen her up here leading, leading worship. Um, and she has a great voice, a great singer, but more than that, she has a great heart of a worship leader. Um, and just, she's been a, a leader in our student ministry from the time I've gotten here and even before um, I was here. I've, I've told some people that there's been times during our student ministry where, where I forget that she's not the student pastor and that I am the student pastor. Um, y'all will hear a little bit of that um, 
in a little while, but Mackenzie has just been such an encouragement to me, and, and if y'all know her family, they are just great, and they're, they're shepherds of, of the church and just great students. They were some of the first students that I met when I, when I was interviewing and coming to Wellhouse, and that was just a huge um, part of that process of me coming to Wellhouse, so very thankful for, for both of these young girls, Emma, Emma and Mackenzie. Um, what I wanted to do next was just ask you guys a couple of questions and let y'all have an opportunity to kind of share about your time at Wellhouse. So Emma, I'll just go with you first. Um, talk about like what's been the most impactful thing about your time at Wellhouse? Um, well, really just Wellhouse as a whole. Before I came to Wellhouse, I had this really form-fitting idea of what church is supposed to be. And then I came to Wellhouse and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is awesome. I don't have to it's, it has changed my idea of what a church is supposed to be like, what a family is supposed to be like. And it, our motto, imperfect people serving a perfect God, it, it's really true. And I believe that, you know, we don't have to be this certain way to worship somebody. Like, um, it's just really opened my eyes to, to see this is how it's supposed to be. And this is how I want it to be. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mackenzie, same question. Yeah, um, for me, it's definitely just how involved we get to be as students. Um, nobody looks down on us or says, you know, you aren't quite capable of that yet. Um, so, yeah, just getting to be as involved as we want to be and, um, yeah, just really getting to take steps into positions of leadership and just being heard. I think that's been really big and impacting. That's awesome. Um, okay, next what you so you guys have both served I don't know if I said that about Mackenzie she's actually served on setup team and and kids as well so you guys have both done that I want you to talk a little bit about like how did you get started doing that and and would you recommend it to other people like, okay um well um I actually my parents started doing the setup team first, and I didn't have a car yet, so, um, so I had to go. But it was really fun, because I got to meet a lot of people, and um, that kind of actually leaded into my time with worshiping with the kids. And that is just, it's really fun. Challenging sometimes, um, because they're kids, but it's been really fun to just watch them grow, and they're so funny, and again, challenging, but it's, it's really fun to build that relationship with them um, and to see them grow up and to move into where we are now. And they're going to be up here one day and just be like, wow, I remember when you were five. Yeah, it's just be really cool. Um, for me, uh, my dad started doing setup career, I think from the beginning, and then my little sister Riley started doing it, and then she kept giving me grief for not doing it. So then eventually I just started, but then I loved it. It was just so much fun. It gave like a unique opportunity to grow relationships that I might not have otherwise had the opportunity to do. Um, but just, we have a lot of fun setting up and yeah, I really loved it. Uh, so last thing, like what advice, do you guys have any advice for any upcoming middle school, high school students, um, just to kind of navigate their time and what you guys have experienced? Um, I don't know. You just kind of have to go through it. Everybody deals with it a different way because you're your own person, but I'd say you have to allow yourself to go through it. You can't just, I'm in high school now. I'm in middle school now, and this is how it's going to be. You have to push yourself to go harder and 
you just have to really persevere through whatever comes your way. And just lean on your church family, lean on your friends. Um, just allow yourself to feel like that. Yeah. I would say just don't wish it away. Um, I think it's really easy to always be looking forward to the next step, the one that you aren't there yet. And um, yeah, just don't wish it away and be in the moment, be present, and just yeah, stay planted where you are. And then as the next step comes, it'll come at the right time. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, so like I said, y'all can tell that these are two very just spiritually mature um, young ladies, and it's been awesome to get to know them. Uh, I kind of just want to put on my, my pastor hat for, for a second and give you guys some advice as y'all are going to be moving on to the kind of next stage of life and whatever God has you. Um, first of all, just this is really for anybody in the church, but like don't neglect your time with Jesus. Um, like that's the most important thing about, um, about being a Christian, our, our walk with Christ, intimacy with him. Um, and really that's out of the overflow of that is how we live our, our Christian life, right? And that's how we show people who Jesus is. So wherever you are, and it's hard sometimes in that kind of transition phase, um, there's so much going on that you can lose that. Um, so protect that time with Jesus. And uh, yeah, he, he's with you in, in everything. So that's first of all. Second is um, find, a, find a Christian, find a church, find a community. Um, again, it's really hard in transition. I, I kind of fell off when I went to college, and a lot of students do. Um, I would encourage y'all, one of the first things you do, whether it's here, you're here, or you're, you're going off to college, is just to find a Christian community, find somewhere to serve. Um, we're never meant to do the Christian life alone, and uh, we need people to, to encourage us and to spur us on, um, and, and we need each other here at Wellhouse. So number two, number three, I think this one's, this one's big. It's just use this time to, to explore your faith. Um, get out of your comfort zone. Do things that you've, you've never done before. Um, ask the hard questions. Um, college or your time, where, whatever you're doing, is, is such an interesting time where you start to, your faith really becomes your own. Um, you start to, in a good way, ask yourself the questions, deal with any, any doubts, and, and, and God meets you in those. Um, let me see what else I have. Don't be surprised if your faith is challenged, obviously, when, you, when you're going to school. And, oh, yeah, the last thing is just don't um, give yourself grace. Like, you're going to do things. You're going to mess up. God is, God is there. He never, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And, and he meets us and he picks us up um, in those times. So, so don't freak out if you, if you mess up in college. Um, but just know that he's, he's there to, to pick you up and there for you. So lastly, I've asked these, uh, the parents of these students to come up. And I, I want us to just um, have the parents come up and lay hands on these students. Um, and as they're coming up, we will um, we'll pray over them and kind of send them out for, um, for whatever's next. And one of the, the really cool things about being a student pastor is you get to partner with, with parents, right? We realize that you guys are the primary spiritual leaders of your family. You obviously are with your children way more than I have been with your children. Um, and this, these are two just amazing examples of, of what it looks like to pour into your children spiritually. Um, and I think both of these girls show that, that when you do that, it pays off and that, that God honors that. Um, so I'm thankful for you guys and how y'all have, have been pouring into them far before I came here. 
Um, so let me just pray over here over the girls, and y'all can kind of just put your hands on on them, and we'll we'll pray together. Let's let's bow with me. Father, I'm I'm so thankful for both of these families. Um, just the what they've meant to Wellhouse Church, um, whether it's being shepherds or, or lead team or, or set up, um, whatever that looks like, God, how, how they've served this church. Um, I thank you for the way that these two um, parents, two sets of parents, have just led their children spiritually and, and modeled what it looks like to live a life as a Christ follower. Um, God, I pray for just as these girls go off and they, they go on to do amazing things, I pray that you would just protect them. I pray that you would um, to meet them right where they are in any, anything they go through, Lord. Um, we know that it won't always be easy, God, but you are, you are right there and you are so faithful. Um, and I just pray that you would, you would show them what they're passionate about. I pray that you would uh, put something on their heart just so... Um, so full, God, that they would, would have to chase after it, God, and that you would just lead them. Um, I'm, God, I'm excited to see what you do in these, these girls' lives, and I'm so thankful um, just for their time at Wellhouse, God. So we just love you so much. Um, yeah, we just thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, so I actually have a gift for each one of you guys. Um, let's see, one of them says, Emma, one of them says, McKenzie. There you go. That one is, so this is Bob Goff's new book. It's called Everybody Always, and you can't go wrong with anything Bob Goff, so read that. Um, so you guys can, can go ahead and, and exit off. And so now I'm really excited. What, the rest, what we're going to do with the rest of kind of our teaching time is Mackenzie is going to share with us what God has put on her heart. So I, I think you guys are going to be incredibly blessed by, by this time and her speaking, and I'm I'm. Just excited to hear it, so. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to pray one more time before I start, because that'll make me feel better. Um, so bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this opportunity. You are so good, and you are so kind. Um, I pray that you can just let me be transparent, um, that I can just be a light. Use me, Lord. Speak through me. I pray that you won't let me be a distraction to what you have to say. I pray that you just speak and that I fade into the background. I want this moment to be about you and absolutely not about me. God, we love you, and we're so, so thankful for everything that you do for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, yeah, so um, I really just felt called to share with you guys what God has been walking me through this year. 2018 has been a pretty big year for me. I um, turned 18 in February and then just graduated high school, obviously. Um, but God's really just been teaching me a lot. We've been journeying together, and everything that he's been teaching me has kind of hinged off of this one question. And he asked me this question when I was listening to a sermon, and the pastor said the words, it's not about your can or your can't, it's about your will or your won't. So will you or won't you? And man, that just struck a chord with me. Like, oh my word, it was one of those moments that everything else just faded away, and it was just this one question. And it got me thinking about the words, I can't, because she said, it's not about your can or your can't, it's about your will or your won't. So I started thinking about those words, I can't. I've said those words a lot in my life. I'm sure everyone can relate to me on that. We've all said those words. But even from the time that I was little, I have memories saying those words, I can't. For example, learning how to ride a bike. <laughs> I was not a fan. 
Did not want to learn how to ride my bike. It was scary. My, I remember my dad and I, we had practiced a couple times outside. And there was this one Saturday we were going to go outside and practice. And I was stressing about it. Like, did not want to do it. And I remember going into my parents' room. And he was sitting there tying his shoes. And I walk in. And I'm pretty sure I was crying. And I just remember, like, you know, I can't, whatever. And he was very sweet, very comforting. And, you know, said, it's okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be worth it in the end. And so... We went outside and we practiced, and I wanted to learn how to ride my bike in the grass because, you know, in the grass, if you fall, it doesn't hurt as bad as the pavement. So I was like, yeah, we're going to learn how to ride in the grass, but we all know riding in the grass is a little bit harder than the pavement because it's bumpy, uneven ground. And so by me trying to break my fall, I was actually increasing the odds of me falling, but long story short, I learned how to ride a bike. But those words, I can't. I've especially said them a lot when it comes to things God's calling me to do. Yep, nope, sorry, I can't. Nope, can't do that either. Sorry, yeah, definitely can't do that. But I can't help but picture God sitting up in heaven going, you know, when I asked you to do that, I didn't even consider your capability. I just looked at my own. And we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that. Like, how can something that involves me not be about me? How can it not be about my capability well, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, For my power is made perfect in weakness. It doesn't say that his power is made perfect in strength. It's not made perfect in your capability. It's made perfect in weakness, your incapability. Your capability doesn't even get to be a part of the equation. It's God's capability and power plus your willingness equals advancement of the kingdom. Things get done. And believe it or not, you can be removed from the equation entirely because one way or another, God will bring the advancement of his kingdom. But you have the opportunity to insert yourself into the equation, to be added to it. But your willingness is the only part that can be added. Your capability is nowhere to be found. And it got me thinking about willingness. Because the thing about willingness is, is that it bears fruit. There's purpose in it. There's treasure to be had in your willingness. God doesn't just ask you to do things for the heck of it. It's not just he wants to call you out of your comfort zone he, so he can watch you squirm because it's fun. No, there's purpose in it. There's treasure to be had in it. And so I started thinking about treasure hunts. And you'll understand why in a second I'm explaining my thought process because where the Holy Spirit took me is just funny. It's weird. It's fine. You can laugh. It's fine. But <laughs> I started thinking about treasure hunts because, you know, treasure hunts require willingness. They require the willingness to fight through some hard stuff in order to reach the treasure. It requires your willingness and so I started thinking about all the different treasure hunts that I could think of, you know, TV shows, books, movies, whatever. And I was racking my brain, and there was just one that popped into my head, and I was like, that's weird. No, <laughs> that's really weird. And then I kept trying to think for more, and it just kept coming back. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll explore it. And the one story that I kept thinking of was Dora, Dora the Explorer. You're probably thinking, wow, this just went downhill really fast. It's fine. But every single episode of Dora was the same. There was always a treasure, a goal, a person, a place, something to get to in a series of obstacles in order to get there. And so Dora would set out backpack in hand full of the supplies she might need and a map in her pocket and her trusty little sidekick boots and they would head out on this journey. And somewhere along the way in every single episode a certain character came in. And if you remember watching Dora, I don't really remember watching it that much, but I remembered enough to know this. It was Swiper. This annoying little fox. And he would sneak in and he would try and take something from Dora, something that she was going to need in the battle ahead, something she was going to need to fight through the obstacles in order to reach her treasure. 
Now, she would turn and see that he was there, and she would say the words, swipe or no swiping. Except a lot of times he wouldn't hear her, so he'd just keep going about his business. And so then she'd turn and she'd ask all of her friends, I need you to say it with me because we're louder together. So we'd all sit there and we'd say the words, swipe or no swiping, over and over, getting louder and louder. No matter how loud we had to get, we'd keep going. But the thing was is that he always eventually heard, and when he heard, he had no choice but to leave. If you haven't caught on who your swiper is, your swiper is Satan. And every time you are on a journey, he's going to wait until a moment that you are completely distracted, and he's going to sneak in your life, and he's going to try and take something that he knows you are going to need in the obstacle ahead, something that you are going to need to reach your treasure. But the thing about Dora was is it wasn't about her capability. It was about her willingness to ask for help. God first gave me this word back in January. I heard the question, and I wrote it down, and I started writing, and before I knew it, I had all of this, and it was weird. I was like, I don't know what you want me to do with this, but I'm willing. Well, I felt him lean in and say, you know, I want you to teach this, but before you can teach it, I'm going to need you to walk through it first. That wasn't fun. Um, In January, I was in a great place spiritually. I was digging into the word more than ever before, and I was finally able to like study it and get something from it on my own. I was praying more than ever before. Um, I was doing this fast. Like I was just in a great spot. But then came this day, it was a Sunday actually, I had about a week left in my fast, and I was spiritually attacked all day long. It was awful. I felt like I was being tormented. Satan was making me feel guilt and shame for things that I've never done, nor will I ever do. And he was taking the things that bring me the most joy in my life, and he was twisting them and turning them into something ugly. And it was so hurtful. He was spitting lie after lie after lie. And it felt like I had been leaning up against a door, and he was on the other side of it, and I would push, and he would push, and I'd push, and I would get it so close to shutting, and then he would just push back even harder. I was exhausted, and I know the authority that I have in Christ, so I was rebuking all day long, and I was confused, like, what's the disconnect, God? Why can't I get him out? Little did I know that was a teaching moment. I had to be willing to ask for help. Now, I'll be completely honest, I'm not typically someone to ask for prayers, and it's not from this deep sense of pride necessarily so much as me not wanting to bother somebody with it. My thought process is always, I can just pray for it, God and I are tight, like it's fine, but that day was different. I just felt him lean in and say, you know, I haven't left you once today, and I'm not going to, but I've placed a lot of people in your life who love me and who love you for a moment like this. Are you willing to ask for help, at which point I was so exhausted, I was like, fine, whatever, yes. And so I texted two people, and I said, hey, I've been spiritually attacked all day long, please pray for me. And within a couple minutes, they both responded saying, yes, I'm praying. And it felt like that door that I had been leaning up against just slammed shut, except I could still feel Satan on the other side of the door just waiting to see if I was still listening, at which point, (laughs) no, bye, But it wasn't about my capability, it was about my willingness to ask for help. And in order for me to be willing, it took a shift, a change in the posture of my heart to a position of humility. And it got me thinking about the Israelites. We talked about this uh, a couple months ago in a series called The Land Between. But the Israelites, they literally had the promised land in their fingertips. But they weren't willing to change, so they weren't ready and they got sent to the wilderness. Because when you're not willing, you're not ready. 
God says, just be willing and you're ready. But they weren't willing to change, so they weren't ready. Be willing and you're ready. Our world likes to tell you, no, it's about your qualification. You need to be more prepared, more equipped. Well, how much more equipment do you think you're going to need than when you have the equipper standing behind you? Because when you're willing, you're ready. He said, just start walking on the path I put you on, and I will equip, I will supply, I will qualify as you need. Just start walking. The only question is, are you willing? At the beginning of the year, I got to hear one of my favorite speakers, Priscilla Shire, and she shared this analogy that rocked my world. Like, it just blew my mind. And I think along the way in life, we hear things that just slowly change and mold and shape our perspective of God. And this was one of those moments for me. But she started talking about this scene from The Lion King. Um, There's a scene where Simba, who is this little lion cub, he's getting backed into a corner by these three hyenas, these predators. And Simba knows who he was created in the image of because his father is the Lion King. And lions, when threatened, they roar to let their enemy, their predator, know, hey, back off. And so Simba, knowing who he was created in the image of, knowing what he was created to do, he's like, okay, I got this. Clears his throat a bit, little bit and lets out this little roar. And it's really sad. And the hyenas, they laugh at him and they keep closing in. And so he's like, okay, I got to give this everything I got. And so he opens up his mouth and he takes a step. But this time's different. This time, when he takes the step and he opens his mouth, this loud, thunderous, ground-shaking, mighty roar comes up from behind him. And the enemy flees in terror. But it wasn't Simba who let out that roar. See, when he took the step, his father came in behind him and did what he couldn't do. It wasn't about his capability. It was about his willingness to try. If you can come up with the courage to take the step, your father will come in behind you and do what you can't do. Um, One of my favorite movies um, is We Bought a Zoo. And there's this quote in the movie. The dad of this family is super adventurous. He's done all these great things in his life. And at the end of the movie, he shares this motto with his kids. And he says, you know, sometimes all you need is just 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something great will come of it. Do you know what you can do with 20 seconds of courage? You can take a step. Because willingness, it takes the courage, the courage to take the step, even if you have to do it in fear. And that's one I don't like. I used to tell myself all the time, you know, if God really wants me to do it, he'll take the fear away, right? Sounds pretty good. That's not how it works. And that the hard way. But what I found is, is that it actually makes sense that the very thing you were created to do, the very thing you were called to do, is the very thing Satan is going to work his hardest to scare you out of doing. Because he knows how useful you are to the kingdom of God when you are stepping into your calling. So he will do everything he can, place as much fear in you, and give you as many reasons possible not to do it because he doesn't want you to do it. But if you can come up with enough courage, better yet, come up with enough faith to have the courage to take the step, your father will come in behind you and do what you can't. That's when the real courage comes in because the real courage follows the obedience. You receive that kind of courage you can only get when you have your father standing behind you. And it brought me back to learning how to ride a bike. I don't know why I trusted my dad when he said it was going to be worth it, that it was going to be fun, but I knew he'd never given me reason not to trust him. So I got back on the bike, 
Not because of confidence in my ability, but because of my confidence in his ability to pick me up if I fell. And I knew that I was probably going to fall. And I knew that he probably knew I was going to fall. But either way, I had confidence in his ability to pick me up. And that gave me the courage to keep going. And I don't know what it is that God's calling you to do today. Maybe he's calling you to rest. For some of you busybodies, that's really hard. But are you willing to rest? Are you willing to ask? Maybe there are some questions that you've been avoiding asking because you don't want to know the answer. Are you willing to ask? Are you willing to listen? Maybe you don't know the right questions to ask, but are you willing to leave this space to let God talk to you? And if you know the questions, are you willing to listen to the answer? Are you willing to wait? Maybe you've been anointed but not appointed, meaning maybe you've been anointed with a dream or a calling, but you haven't been appointed to walk in it just yet. Are you willing to wait? I don't know what it is God's calling you to do, but I know without a doubt in my mind that it has absolutely nothing to do with your capability and everything to do with your willingness. So I just want to leave you guys on the same question that we started with. Will you or won't you? It's that simple, and it's a question that only you can answer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you just teach us to be willing. Show us what that looks like. You are so, so good and so, so kind. Just teach us how to walk with you. Teach us how to take steps in the face of the fear. Give us the courage and the confidence because you're standing behind us. You are a roaring lion full of power. When it comes down to it, obedience is our job and the outcome is yours. Give us your courage. Give us the confidence. Use us because we're willing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,